2: And welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Mark Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi, great customer service, and fantastic friends. My Farm Bureau agent is my friend. And so, Charlie, hey, uh, going to do something a little bit different today. Last week... We did something a little bit different. We didn't have any guests last week. This week, we do have a couple great guests, and we'll get to those interviews for you very quickly. You don't want to hear us sit here and gab. And Charlie, I guess during, uh, during basketball season, we don't talk basketball, and so after the last couple of weeks, it's baseball season, so... Uh, Good time to talk basketball. Let's talk basketball. Rekindle (laughs) my
1: love for the sport here.
2: (laughs) And so we'll talk to Coach Chris Jans and Coach Sam Purcell. Sam Purcell on the other side of the break, and then Chris Jans later in the show and kind of get you up to date about where they are with Bulldog basketball on the men's and women's side. And, of course, we're brought to you by our friends at Tracks Plus. Tracks Plus, four locations, three in the state of Mississippi, Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton over in Columbus. Gresh Howell down in Summit, Mississippi. Daniel Bounds, Fred Fulton. In Columbus, I said those already. Ken Crosby down in Hickory, and then the Hoop Williams down in Alexandria at Louisiana. Our good friends at Tracks Plus now in a rental business as well, but Saney Equipment, Barco Equipment, Mazzy Ferguson, all of the above, whatever you need at Tracks Plus. Go to TracksPlus.com for all your equipment, new or used. So Charlie and I will come back. We'll talk to Sam Purcell, the head women's basketball coach at Mississippi State, right on the other side of the break. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. It's time now for a guest segment, this time brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi, down in Florence, Mississippi, at Country Meat Packers. They've got the big storefront down there, the butcher shop. They're expanding it on Highway 49. It's on the east side of Highway 49 after you go through Florence. And so, of course, the staple, that great Country pleasing Sausage, It's the Mississippi State Sausage. It's the state of Mississippi sausage. It's something made right here in the state, and it is outstanding. The quality is is perfection, and they're moving it throughout the southeast up into the Midwest right now, and uh, a lot of great restaurants in New Orleans use it as well. So all that stuff, the andouille, the original, the jalapeno cheddar, we've talked about it extensively here on the show, but you just can't go wrong with our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. In this conversation with the head women's basketball coach at Mississippi State, Sam Purcell, brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. So let's talk to head women's coach Sam Purcell joining us now. And Hey, Coach, I appreciate you sitting down with us.
3: Well, thank you for having me. This is going to be great.
2: Absolutely. Okay, so during your uh, initiation period of walking through that first day, you actually sat on the broadcast with, uh, with me and Charlie. And we were talking about so many different things. A lot has changed since that time. But how has the whirlwind been for you
3: since you arrived in Starkville? Well, I'll say this. I really don't think it's changed. And I mean this in a positive way. The energy I felt when I came here on that first day for me and my family with the fans, people getting out of their seat during the baseball game to come out of their way and just welcome me here to Starkville and uh, and just saying, Coach, you know what? I'm glad you're here at a baseball game, but guess what? We'll also be at a women's basketball game. That tone and that energy hasn't changed you know, since I put foot, you know my both feet down here in Starkville.
1: You come here from Louisville. I mean, you're no stranger to conference championships, elite eights, final fours. I mean, you're at an elite program, and you, you see all the time coaches working as associate head coaches at elite programs. They're always going to be very careful about which opportunity they take. You've had opportunities. You picked this one. Why?
3: Well, first and foremost, uh, it's the people. Uh, You know, administration from day one when they reached out were phenomenal. Uh, I believe in the people that are leading this university. Um, And and then most importantly, women's basketball matters. Uh, Like you mentioned, I was at a program that was, you know, top five in the country in attendance. But what we were able to do is just not on the court but within the community. And I loved every part of that because the one thing about me is I'm going to roll up my sleeves, I'm going to work hard, uh, but there's no greater reward than to put all that work into something and then have the fan base and people from behind you that want to come and be a part of that. So it uh, it makes you feel good about what you're doing.
2: You know, one of the things that's always stood out to me about basketball is you can get things back together in a hurry. Last year's team didn't make postseason, and then all of a sudden you come in, there's been some additions, there's been some subtractions. But basketball is a sport where you can really put the pieces back together in a hurry and compete at a
3: top level. You can, especially here at Mississippi State, because the vision I'm selling is is not off base. You know, this program was just in the national championship a few years ago. So for me to come in here and say, you know, why not us? Why not now? Uh, Especially with a climate of the NCAA rules where immediate eligibility is an option. Um, And the one thing that I have a lot of pride in uh, back from my days as an assistant coach is I had relationships throughout the country. Uh, with people, and I take a lot of pride of how I went about that. Uh, and, and people saw, now that I've been named the head coach and worked here at Feet on the Ground, that we've been fortunate in the portal uh, to get players from all over the country already um, because of those relationships. Uh, but most importantly, not just because of my relationships, but, but because, again, they've watched what Mississippi State's done on a national stage. Uh, so for me to get connected to this job and also what's been done before here, it's a perfect blend and a perfect marriage. It's no
1: secret that in basketball you need players. You need players that can help you. And I think back to talking about that run at Mississippi State when they were playing in the national championship. Obviously, they had some players that people really connected with from Texas. But I think back kind of to getting things started, it was a Victoria Vivians maybe from the state of Mississippi. How important is it to find and retain good players from the state of Mississippi, and how can they make a difference in your program?
3: Well, well it's everything. I think it starts with a young lady that, um, that was willing to stay on. DePresha Poe, uh, who, you know, committed and signed here. Um, and, you know, I reached out to her right away, and, and it, was, it was awesome. You know, the first thing she tells me on the phone is, you know what, Coach, I'm with you. And I was like, well, I didn't even have a chance to introduce myself. And she was like, don't worry about it, Coach. I'm there because of Mississippi State. The education I'm going to get, what that program has done, I've watched it from my living room. I believe in it. My community believes in it, and the state believes in it. And that gave me goosebumps. Um, so for us, that's what I've told my staff is we're making a commitment first and foremost to this area. Uh, those who follow me on social media can see that we made a statement. Uh, that's something that, you know, everybody's going to hear from me in the public. I'm about positive statements playing off of Mississippi state. Uh, we went four deep, uh, this first evaluation period for local kids. So I think the locals that are in this area are saying that you were special and I'm going to do my best foot, you know, put my best foot forward to keep you at home.
2: You know, the the talk was so much 15 years ago, 20 years ago, about the emergence of AAU basketball and how that makes kids better. And it just seems to me, and I've kind of gotten indoctrinated to that a little bit too at at the lower level, but it's amazing to see how good basketball has gotten, especially in the women's game in the last 20 years because these kids are playing a ton of games, and you can see that on the skill set now.
3: Yeah, no, it is. It's unbelievable. I mean, the fact that, you know, for those who are on social media, you see it. I've seen it for the last five years. A different young woman has come out and dunked a basketball in a high school game and just done things that you're like, wow. Um, And I think it's awesome, you know, especially me being a girl dad. Uh, that my young women that I'm raising, that we don't put a ceiling out there, that if we're in the driveway, I can treat them like, just like a little boy and, and just say, hey, get up there and slap the glass or, or dunk and that's not like something crazy, but it's actually attainable um, because they are. They're better athletes and and the beauty of the women's game is at an all-time high. The passion, uh, the willingness to play with teams and, and then obviously interact with fans is is what makes this sport so you know beautiful.
1: When you look at women's basketball nationally, there are teams, obviously, that we're familiar with around the country. But here in the SEC and in the Southeast, we get a little proud of our own league and proud of our own players. When you look at the SEC right now, where, where do you see it stacking up within the country, within the NCAA? Where do you see the talent and the competitiveness of the league as a whole,
3: not just at the top, but as a whole? Oh, I think it's the best. I mean, it starts with, you know, when you look in conference, you've got the national champion in your own conference. Uh, So that sets the tone and the bar for the rest of us to, you know, try to attain and and fight for. Uh, It makes us all better. But, yeah, it's hands down the best conference in the country. Uh, We had the most teams this past year in the NCAA tournament out of the SEC. Um, You see the top athletes if you want to, you know, I don't get caught up in recruiting rankings, but if you want to look at those data, the, the top players are choosing this conference. Uh, with the exposure, the opportunities to be on the SEC Network and ESPN, it's, it's it just makes it really special to be a part of this unique and elite club.
2: Now, listen. Now, when you get start talking about SEC Plus games, I, I think the guys that are calling the games are, are super elite as well. So, as, as, especially especially Charlie now, yeah,
1: keen insight from the color analyst role. <laughs> That's right.
2: So, I'm going to ask the question, and this is the elementary question that everybody always asks you, style of play. When you think about Sam Purcell and what you've learned from Nell Fortner and Joe Champion and and Jeff and all those guys, style of play, what's your style of play?
3: Well, 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 people, you know, I'm going to take it from the – I call him the professor who I just left for nine years, and obviously we had one of the highest winning percentages in the country uh, over that period is it's simple to win, right? Uh, Especially when we're talking about the portal and and changing of rosters and – all the factors that come in, you know, we're going to be a team that plays multiple defenses on the defensive end, you know, night in, night out. We're going to play great scouting report. Defense is going to get us a chance to put us in position to win. And then offensively, it's like I tell the players now, you know, we're in a, a period where I'm not scoring a basket, right? I'm pushing them, I'm motivating them, but the work that they put in in this offseason will determine what kind of offensive team we'll be. Now, do I want to play fast and do I want to get after it? Yes. But if we can't shoot the ball, we're going to have to be creative on finding ways to score baskets. So with the changes that are going on at college athletics, you, you, I think you really have to be on the forward end of being able to adapt uh, and take what, the talent you have on your roster and put them in the best position to win. So that's what Mississippi State's going to see from us, just blue-collar, hardworking, passionate people that are going to have a great scouting report defense and, and put a plan in place for us to ultimately win the game not in, not out.
1: How much have you been able to be around your team on the court and to start to get an understanding of what those pieces are, not just from watching them on an AAU floor or a high school floor, but in terms of actually getting to, to work with them?
3: Yeah, no, great question. It's a, you know, it's a unique time with my run and that Final Four and then coming here, we only had three weeks. Um, we were on the court two hours uh, a week, um, so you can imagine it wasn't a lot. Um, but for me, it was more than just basketball. Right now, as their head coach, and I mentioned this when getting the job, you know, for some of them, I'm their fourth head coach. So it's more about let's get to know each other's people. You know, what, what motivates you on and off the court? Um, how can I help you in your life? Because um, I'm a firm believer if I can get the most out of you as an individual and a person, then success in basketball take care of itself. Um, so that's where we're at, um, especially with the additions of uh, our, our family and who we've added on the roster. Um, you know, the real work will start happening here, you know, when we start back in June.
1: One of the things that we have obviously have had a lot of discussions about nationally here lately is NIL, name, image, and likeness. Um, a couple of things about name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal. Have you seen that you have to change the way that you coach dealing with players? Are you still
3: basically who you are and they can take it or leave it? No, I'm, I'm, I'm the same person. You know, I think the beauty of college athletics, especially as my role as a head coach, is to never lose sight that I am mentoring these young women. I'm educating them, and I'm I'm putting them in positions to help achieve, achieve and reach goals. But also, uh, there's got to be reality, right? Um, NIL is just I think actually helped us as uh, educators to understand what you're about to face in the real world. Uh, that the real world actually moves forward quicker. Now that you're on campus, you know, for example, if you're in a business class, you might be listening a little bit harder in that business class because the opportunities are there uh, for the student athletes, which again, I'm excited uh, with the laws that have you know, passed here because, again, Mississippi State women's basketball is a huge brand. Uh, We are a a program that is uh, highly thought out, uh, thought of well throughout the country. Uh, And now with passing of the laws and having the same opportunity as other student athletes around, around the country is, it makes us a serious player.
1: One of the things that I see with NIL opportunities for women's basketball is, you know, there's obviously a lot we could talk about with NIL, the goods, the bads. One of the positives that I see, though, is if you look at the Mississippi State fan base, they've always gravitated towards these athletes because they feel like they play hard. I've always thought to some degree that in women's basketball in particular, the sport is elevated when the players in the fan base get to have some interaction. And it feels like maybe this gives an opportunity for that as well.
3: Oh, 100%. You, you know, NIL, uh, which I love, is especially to your point, is, you know, you come to college for basketball to pursue uh, athletic dreams. Uh, but now with this passing, you also can pursue the opportunity to still make money uh, and be passionate in other areas outside of basketball that people want to be connected and get to know you more than just a basketball player. Um, they get to know you as a person. And, and like you said, when you can have that connection um, and truly get to know them, you only can share hard for them
2: coach we appreciate you joining us hey proud to have you here
3: no thank you it's been great and for everybody out there thank you for again the support and love
1: hey i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you one quick thing um tell us about your staff before we go tell us who you've brought on board because if there's one thing i believe you can have a real good head coach but if he doesn't have people behind him making it go, he's not getting anywhere.
3: That's right. That's right. No, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not naive of you know being the opportunity of being named a first time head coach. Some of the public was like, "All right, we'll see what this guy's about." Once he hires his staff, we'll see if this guy's a true player. Uh, and and I think they know we I'm a, I'm in it to win it now. Uh, and it's first and foremost, it started with Joy Williams. Uh, who is a longtime head coach, uh, has SEC uh, coaching experience in this league. Um, she's in a position in her life now where she wants to mentor uh, and just be a sounding board. you know. So for me as a first-time head coach, she is everything to make sure that this operation is going to be run smoothly. Uh, if there's anything that I'm not directing my focus in the right areas that she can advise me and set me up for success. Um, and then as far as my assistants, I had to start with a Mississippi girl All right, if I'm going to value this state, truly love this state, and understand this state, it started with Mural Page who is from here, who's a legend.
2: Could absolutely fill it up. I remember watching her play at Bay Springs. She was great.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to see if the NCAA will find some special waiver where I can put her back in (laughs) a jersey. Because Coach can still play, and she's actually getting uh, her jersey retired uh, with the Washington Mystics here uh, next month. So, it just speaks volumes of her. When she gets on a phone, a player who has goals of playing at the highest level, uh, you have someone who seriously went through at all stages and had success, so that's huge. Um, and then Corey Irvin, who's a longtime successful high school coach. Anybody in the Chicago, Illinois area who followed her program at Whitney Young knows how special she is. Um, and she has just moved up the ladder um, and has huge connections across the country. And then I got a rising star and, and Gabe Lazo, all right? Uh, this young man started at the AAU ranks. Um, well, I should say high school AAU. Uh, then he went to a small mid-major. Anybody in my profession, when you bring up his name, has always acknowledged how hard he works. Um, he's very passionate and energetic. So what he's going to bring to us is is everything. Uh, and then I've got the best director of basketball operations in the business. I've, I said it from day one when I got hired, uh, Jimmy the Juice, uh, Jimmy. Uh, he it, brings the energy now. He does. He does. And he's invested in, in this community, and you're going to see a lot from him. Um, and then I was able to uh, keep Peggy, who is on staff here, will be recruiting op, uh, operations and behind the scenes. So I've got a dynamic and uh, balanced staff, but most importantly experienced staff so we can get to work right away.
2: Well, the staff, no doubt, that will get after it. That's right. Hey, appreciate you. Good to see you as always.
3: No, thank you for your time. Thank you.
2: And that's Sam Purcell. Head basketball coach at Mississippi State and women's basketball, Charlie. Hey, Sam's a guy high energy guy, and man, looking forward to seeing what the the product that he puts out on the floor in the in the fall.
1: Yeah, when I sat down and talked with him, I was dragging a little bit, but it gives you a little energy, doesn't it?
2: Oh yeah, he does. He does. Kind of been around the same circles as you know, I've I've known you know, people that know Sam for a long time and. Everybody I've talked to has positive things to say just about how much energy that he does have. And, hey, he's – um. that's the thing about women's basketball. We just talked about it a minute ago. You can win big in a hurry. I mean, you can get things turned around in a hurry, and I think he's going to do just that.
1: Now, when you say in a hurry, I mean, not necessarily one year.
2: No, I mean, no. It, it, it takes well, a year or two, but it's not like the process of digging out of a five or six year hole and let's be honest with you we're not in a big hole I mean we're we're right on the cusp of making a tournament that's where we were last year
1: no that's exactly right we're we're on the edge we need a little bit of uh improvement there to get in the tournament and then what you'd like to see is kind of sustain that improvement and get back to I want to say I don't want to say get back where we were go that next step
2: yeah, absolutely. And that conversation with Sam Purcell brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage, Country Pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi. You just can't go wrong. And of course, we sell it to the ballpark. Come to Duty Noble this weekend, against the Florida Gators. Get you a big old sausage dog from Country Pleasing. Charlie and I'll come back. We'll talk to the head men's coach. Chris Jans will join us on the other side of the break. This is Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. <laughs> And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. Just had a conversation with Sam Purcell, the head women's basketball coach at Mississippi State. Now a conversation with a head men's coach at Mississippi State. As we stay in the My Center over here, just outside the basketball arena, they Tearing down some walls outside Humphrey Coliseum, getting ready for the the renovation. And so we'll talk to Chris Jans in this conversation brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm raised catfish you can possibly find, and it's over in the Mississippi Delta. They put it in the ponds, they grow it, they process it, and then they get it ready for your plate. And uh, they... Serve it at great restaurants throughout the southeast, and Charlie and I—we talk about this all the time. About, and we talked about this last week about the White River and going up into Arkansas and fishing during the summer. And one of the great cool places is Dondi's White River Princess. It's in Des Arc, Arkansas. It's on the White River. You go just past Brinkley, Arkansas, if you're going toward Little Rock, and you go to the next exit. Take a right, go north, and Dondi's. It's it's like an old riverboat. It's right there beside the river. And it's great food, and so the, they fix that catfish, outstanding catfish, at Donde's. They do it right, and just like everywhere else we talk about, they got a great product to work with because when you're eating that catfish at Donde's White River Princess, you're getting it f- from our good friends at Heartland Catfish. And so this conversation with Chris Jans brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. So let's talk to Coach Chris Jans, head men's cat- coach at Mississippi State. Coach, hey, appreciate you joining us.
0: What's up, guys? Yeah, uh, appreciate you guys coming this way and spending a little time with us over here in the men's basketball offices on a beautiful Wednesday morning.
2: Hey, you know, when I look around a coach's office and, you know, you, you see a guy you has know, been here for a few months now and, you know, you don't have the, the appointments that a lot of coaches have gathered, it just looks to me like you've been out working hard over the last couple months because you haven't been worrying about office decorations.
0: What he's really trying to say, folks, is uh, I've got the white or gray wall syndrome. Uh, Yeah, there's nothing on a wall. There's not one thing on the wall. And there's no knickknacks on uh, where they should be appropriately. So... Uh, unfortunately we have a long way to go when it comes to decorations, but that's more on the X, Y, Z list for us in terms of priorities right now.
2: More extenuating circumstances, uh, extenuating circumstances before you get to the office decoration part.
0: Yeah. And, uh, let's be honest. I need my wife here full time to be able to, uh, uh, her touch on it, I, I leave that up to her for the most part. I give her, hey, I want this up here, I want this, and then where it goes and how it's decorated is completely up to her because uh, if they left it up to me, it would probably look like this, to be honest with you, for years to come. But I know that's not appropriate when our recruits, uh, potential student-athletes, come through the office. But right now, uh, we're having to live with it. So one of
1: the things I always like to ask people, Bart and I interview a lot of former players, and we always ask them the question of, How'd you get to Mississippi State? But more specific to you, you're at New Mexico State. You guys get into the NCAA tournament. You have a big win. Over the past few years, I mean, just an incredible record there. I couldn't look at a coaching hot list this entire offseason without seeing your name right on the top of it. You had options, but you come to Mississippi State. Why here? I've been asked
0: that, and it's a great question. Um, To be perfectly honest with you, And I hate when people say that. When I catch myself saying that phrase, I'm like, what, you lied to me last time you talked to me? I I hate (laughs) it. But it's kind of human nature. We all say that once in a while. But um, in the spring, it becomes timing. Uh, Some universities are ahead of others on their timeline. And certainly I can't speak for any AD or search firm, but they get it too. They're trying to get ahead of the game and get the candidate that they want. They always have a list if they're looking to replace a coach. Um, so in the end, it does come down to timing. Sometimes, obviously, I was involved in other situations. I've been involved in other situations prior to this year, and um, we loved it in Las Cruces. We loved New Mexico State. You know, winning. I always say winning solves a lot of problems, and we were winning for the most part. So, you know, that tends to make you happy, but at the same time, um we certainly, you know, had a mindset if the right situation came across our, you know, our desk or our, an opportunity for us, you know, we were definitely going to look into it and um there are a lot of factors in the end of, of why we decided to, you know, join Mississippi State and live in Starkville, Mississippi and um some of it was on um, the leadership that's in place, uh I've always believed that you don't have a chance to be successful unless the people that hire you or the people that you report to aren't on board and don't have the same vision that you have in terms of what the program should look like and feel like and sound like. And uh, we had many conversations with the brass here, and uh, we, we were in the uh, had the same vision. We were aligned correctly with um, how competitive. Um, coach Cohen and along with his staff is and what they felt like the program should be. And that was really important to me to be somewhere where uh, they they had a drive to win and, and they wanted more. And so that certainly stuck out. And um, I think it's a good time to be in the sec. Uh, you know, it's, it's hotter, quote unquote, hot right now. It's uh, trending in the right direction. You know, I think it used to be known more as a football conference and now that certainly is not the case a lot of schools are having um you know great seasons and great runs and final four appearances and um you know it's as good arguably as any league in the country in the last four or five years so to be able to compete against the best um it was always a goal of ours and uh, that checked that box off and then even uh, with all the new coaches entering the league that happened a lot after you know i was named the coach but um That doesn't help. That doesn't hurt our chances either. There's a lot of new guys. There's a lot of new people in leadership positions across the league. So, um, I always felt like this was the the kind of job that I would end up having an opportunity at when I was at New Mexico State. When you think about every spring when the carousel starts spinning, you know, uh, I've lived in places like Starkville. You know, I, I think I was attractive. Um, from that reason as well, I, I've lived in, you know, Las Cruces, New Mexico, Independence, Kansas, um, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Moscow, Idaho, Mariana, Florida, you know, so I've never lived in large cities, um, you know, that were destination type places. And so, you know, where that, 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 that was in my wheelhouse, you know, I grew up in a really small town in Iowa. So I think, uh, we knew we would be comfortable here in this environment. I think the brass uh, saw the same thing. A lot of wheat fields in Moscow, Idaho, big wheat, the Palouse, they call it. That's right. That region of the country, they call it the Palouse. And last year, um, my New Mexico state team played a bye game up at Washington state and we stayed in Pullman. I went on to stay in Moscow, but it didn't work out. And, uh, but it was like kind of down going down memory lane. You know, <laughs> I hadn't been up there since I left. It's not a place again that you visit unless you're going to quarter lane, which is a really cool place to, to vacation at. But, um, we actually won the game, and our flight didn't leave till late in the next day for a number of different reasons. And so I, I, I made my staff go over to to Moscow, and I, I walked the streets and pointed out all the spots and <laughs> shared some stories. And I'm sure they were, you know, rolling their eyebrows at me, rolling their eyes at me, and like really, coach. But that uh, was kind of a fun experience.
2: When you look at college basketball now, and when you were hired in your introductory press conference, you said, yeah. "Hey." I coach junior college basketball. I know what it's like to put together a roster for right now. You know, 20 years ago, you talked to a head basketball coach, and he's trying to bring in two guys at one time and grow those guys through the program and to the next year and to the next year and to the next year. How has basketball changed? How tough is it to put together, essentially, a new team each and every year? Because we understand what the element's like and what the landscape's like in college basketball right now.
0: It's just done a 180 since I've started in a profession. I remember having so many conversations as a member of a staff about balancing your classes and really looking uh, out two, three years in advance of projecting how good we could be then, uh, you know, depending on the... um, you know the, the uh, how well the players develop you know in the in the lower classes the freshman class sophomore class etc but um, it was just so different now You know, uh, for most programs, um, that's not the case anymore. You aren't projecting two, three years down the road based on the guys you've signed, the guys you're recruiting. Um, You're not worried about having, you know, three, four guys in each class and having that balanced class, but that was always a big deal. You never wanted to have six or seven guys in one class because it was like, oh, my gosh, you got to go out and sign six or seven guys in the same class. That's like – Um, impossible how could you do that and now you look today it's normal i don't know what the average is going to be once the dust is settled in the fall but you know four or five i would say would probably be the average and it's not abnormal to sign seven or eight there'll be guys that sign nine or ten um and so that's just completely flipped it's just different and like you mentioned for me uh I've been at a lot of places where that was the norm. Certainly in junior college, you only have freshmen and sophomores, so you're always going to have large classes because of how it's set up. But even at Wichita State and at New Mexico State, our philosophy was to stay old at, at that level. I felt we always felt it gave us the best chance if we were to make the NCAA tournament to compete against higher level um, programs because we would have older guys, experienced guys going against younger, more decorated guys, but not as experienced, not as physical. And it worked out for us for the most part. And once that started happening, you know, I adopted it myself saying, hey, this is the model. You know, so at New Mexico State, um, we were old almost every year. You know, we had guys that had been there, done that, if you will, at some level in college basketball, and I just felt like it was really important to uh, give ourselves a chance against these Power Fives, because if you make the NCAA tournament, that's who you're going to play. They're not going to match you up very rarely. They did this year. I, I think it was Murray State in um, San Francisco, but it doesn't happen very often. So you always, in the back of your mind, are thinking if, if you get to the opportunity to play in March Madness or when you play these neutral site games against Power Fives to give you the best chance to win, um, was to do that. So the landscape has completely changed. That's just one factor, but it's a major factor. And because of my background, because of the philosophies that I've been around and that I've adopted myself. It's it's in my wheelhouse. It's not abnormal. It's it's the way it is. And there's a lot of guys out there that don't like it. Um, some are admitting it publicly. Some aren't, but they don't like the changes. They 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 want the off season back. You know they don't want to have to grind quite as much every single year to sign so many guys in one class because um, the workload has increased because of that. You know you usually could be done by the end of April. You know, and, and it's just not happening anymore. You know, you're going to – last year at New Mexico State, I had an official visit in the fall, like school had started, and we are bringing someone on an official visit. And certainly that's not ideal, but he ended up being a good player for us, and um, that won't be, um, you know, out of the ordinary as we go forward.
1: I never know when to say a college basketball roster is fixed anymore. A lot of times you would look at football, and you knew by the third Wednesday in uh, February, hey, here's who we have next year. You do know some of the pieces that you're going to have coming back next year. How do you like the the guys uh, that are slated to be back?
0: Yeah, you know, and we're in the midst of those type of situations right now. You know, retention of your student athletes is different now than it used to be. You know, 20, 30 years ago, transfer was a four-letter word. I mean, if you took a transfer, like, oh, my gosh, I mean, you're taking your program to the lowest level of humanity, like, you know, a transfer, something's wrong with him. You know, it's so weird to think that way that now it's obviously very commonplace, but the retention of your your guys each and every year is going to be something you're going to have to work at. You're gonna to have to have real relationships, not surface relationships. They're gonna know that that you are doing the right thing. That you're. What I found, if they know you're making them better, which will obviously help them in their future, and, and you love them and care about them as people, like you'll have the best chance to continue to have those kids come back. Um, so that's always got to be in the back of your mind. And we're, like I said, in the midst of that right now with with a couple of them that um, you know are are in the portal, but you know that doesn't mean that they're gonna end up not leaving here we'll see time will tell um but the guys that we have uh that have elected to come back um are guys that we really once we got here and watched video and got to know some of the guys you know we're the ones that we were like we have to have these guys you know and tolu smith obviously is a name everybody understands around these parts and um you know he's he's been there done that you know he, he's an he could be an anchor to a team because to find guys that can score around the basket and this day and age of college basketball is really hard. You know, we certainly want to expand his game for, for us and for him, uh, his future. Um, but you know, he's just a nice young man and uh, um, you know, we're, we're just, Static that he's chosen to stay and um and then obviously uh you know cameron matthews uh we love love him and and we got to know these guys more and more the, the longer we've been here but we've got a chance to get on the floor with them and see where they're at skill set what their work ethic um is like and um you know, they're, they're obviously, uh, we have, like I already mentioned, there's other, other situations that, that are going on, you know, right now. But, um, you know, we're excited about, again, about all the guys that have, have chosen to return. And um, hopefully that will continue. I asked
2: Sam a minute ago, we talked to Sam Purcell before we came over here, and we were talking about style of play. And I know every coach or 75% of the coaches in the country will say, hey, we're a hardworking team. We're a blue-collar team. We work hard. But after seeing your team's play at New Mexico State and understanding, hey, that is the mantra, that is the blue-collar mentality. And Charlie and I have talked about this too. Cameron Matthews, to me, in what you're going to do, is almost the perfect guy. And just just looking at your program, what would you say your style of play is?
0: You know, we're not a slogan team. When you walk into our locker room or team room or even my office, you're not going to see first to the floor or floor burn you or, you know, some slogan about motivation. You're not going to see that. Um, that, That's – our teams have always taken pride in, you know, we're not a slogan team. We're not a hashtag team. Now, the marketing department sometimes doesn't like that, and I understand that. They want, they want that in this day and age of social media, and I'm not saying we'll never have something like that, but it's not going to be really what motivates us internally. As long as it's not we believe. But go ahead. I'm okay, sorry. Well, that's before my time, apparently. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, Coach, Coach Purcell is right. Like Everybody's going to say we're going to play hard right? Well, look at the film, you know, come watch the games. Um, Then you can make the the assessment of this, these kids compete. Are these teams prepared? Um, And that's a source of pride for me. And it will be here um, that, you know, people will know that our kids are prepared, that our kids are uh, ready to compete and they're going to leave everything on the floor. And certainly we're going to make mistakes and, you know, probably lose some games. And, um, but like I keep telling the guys that are around, you know, I don't mind that if we've given everything that we've gotten, you know, if we got beat by a better team that night, it's a 40-minute game. It's not a best of seven. The best team doesn't always win. Um, we can go home with our with our heads held high and 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 move on to the next game. It's those games where, for whatever reason, one of the teams doesn't bring it, doesn't compete. They're, they're not in the right mind. Like I, we try to stay as far away from that as we can. But um, I, I've always said I want. I don't want to have to beat our chest and talk about how hard we play and how hard we compete and how hard we work. I want people to feel it and see it and know it. And I want announcers and fans and industry experts that watch us they just have to watch us and know what it's like to be a Bulldog in this era because uh, you don't play that way unless you're doing that behind the scenes. You just don't – we're not a light switch team. You know, light switch teams are fun to play against. So, oh, we're going to turn it on on game day. Well, that don't work all the time. And it's stuff that we talk about it uh, every day. And it's just a standard of expectations that we set with our guys. And uh, it's a mentality of uh, an approach to uh, practice, to weights, to the academic world, to whatever we're trying to do, you know, try to do your best. And it sounds, you know, good in theory, but uh, we're pretty good at applying it as well.
1: One of the things that's a big topic in sports all over the country, and in particular men's basketball, name, image, and likeness, NIL. And one of the fundamental things we know is that can't be used as an inducement uh, for a person to, to attend a school. But NIL is obviously something that's important. Do you share my view that it's important at Mississippi State that we Uh, do a good job of educating our kids and giving them kind of the same opportunities you see elsewhere?
0: I don't know. The the listeners won't notice this, but I I about dropped my coffee when you brought NAL up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's as big a hot topic as there is in uh, college sports right now. You know, the recent legislation has changed the game, if you will, and it's real. And first of all, Personally, I think it's awesome for these young men and women to have opportunities, um, like you said, for NIL um, engagements, for their name and image and likeness. Um, You know, it's it's just different now. You know, all the players of yesteryear are shaking their head going, man, I could have made so much money as a student athlete because of, you know, who they were, how good they were, the marketing uh, opportunities that they would have had. Um, and again, first and foremost, I I think it's awesome that, that this is where we're at, but having said that, um, it's important that potential student athletes know that the student athletes currently at Mississippi state are having those type of opportunities because in the recruiting world, it's a big deal. It's one of the questions you always get within the first or second phone call of every prospective student-athlete that you talk to. And for the foreseeable future, it's going to be a huge part of um, trying to get student-athletes to come to Starkville and and be students here. If they uh, know that there are opportunities in the business world here, in whatever world for that matter, to um, get NIL uh, opportunities, it, it will make a big difference in, in if they come to Mississippi State. So when you're a coach that can't get on the phone and promise a prospective student-athlete those type of opportunities, but what we can do is talk about the relationships and partnerships that are currently in place Um for other student athletes that are here and that there will be opportunities and that our percentage of student athletes currently are already above the national average across the board. And then when you got guys like yourself, Charlie, that um, are doing what they can to ensure that we stay competitive in the NIL market, um, it makes you feel good. But I think it's important that everybody understands that this is real and It's not going to be going away for some time. And it's a part of college athletics right now, whether they like it or not. Um, And and that goes for fans and coaches and and everybody alike. So um, it's a new world. We're all trying to figure figure it out from the NCAA to the students to the coaches. Um, And I think as we continue uh, to go forward, you know, there will continue to be legislation to – um, try to simplify it and, and make sure everybody understands the dos and don'ts of of what we're trying to do in this this new uh, environment.
2: Coach, appreciate you taking your time this morning.
0: All right, guys. Well, maybe I, uh, my my next bullet point is to find stuff to put on the walls. You guys have embarrassed no. me, and everybody else understands that I live in a a very um, uh, minimal office if you will it's a beautiful space by the way it's an awesome space for those that haven't been here um it's it's unbelievable uh, to be honest with you the best office i've ever had it's just um
2: that was my way of complimenting
0: you it's very drab i understand uh, i'm I was, ready
1: to, i'm ready to
2: get a few nets for you
1: we're just gonna that it, just takes a little time i right? was complimenting
2: and saying hey we know you've been working hard because you hadn't, haven't had a time so Anyway, the next got, time we come I, back I, over.
0: I have some nets, by the way, but they're hanging in my home in Cruces. I can't wait to get them here. Um, that'll be exciting to, to hang cut nets. There's nothing better than having cut nets hanging around. Oh, no doubt. Hey, appreciate you. All right, guys, thanks.
2: Yeah, that's Coach Chris Jans, head men's basketball coach at Mississippi State. Hey, did you see the look on his face? He kind of just shrugged when I said, hey, you got just nothing on the walls, man. You got, you got nothing here. He laughed about that. You I, know, I he, like Chris Jans now. Oh look, man,
1: this guy's this guy's big time. He he understands people. He understands the game of basketball. His teams play really hard. I think the thing that I am most excited about was the we're not a hashtag team. <laughs> uh, I love that we're not a slogan team.
2: I'm gonna bar that. Did you see? The, uh, he was like, "What are you talking about? We believe. What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Well, I just got to stay away from that one." Yeah, well, he'll. <laughs> He'll get brought up to speed on that one. <laughs> and that conversation with our good friend Chris Jans, a head men's basketball coach at Mississippi State, brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. And once again, you can get that great Heartland Catfish at local grocers throughout the Southeast and also at Dondi's on the White River Princess in Des Arc, Arkansas. You just can't beat it at Dondi's. And so we'll come back. Charlie and I will have a final word. You're listening to Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. Man, welcome back. Final segment of Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. Charlie, hey, man, uh, two new basketball coaches, two guys that are very personable guys, and uh, two guys that, hey, I'm excited to work with.
1: Oh, absolutely. Both of them, they're different personalities, but both of them get you excited about their sport in, in different ways. I really like both those guys, and I'm really excited about where things are going, you know. Both of them have some key players back. Both of them, though, are having to work really, really hard. And we kind of joked about the lack of decorations. You know, Sam Purcell doesn't even have a desk yet. He's working at his conference table. He's got no time for furniture, man. He's trying to build a roster. And same thing with Chris Jan. So really excited about what those guys are doing.
2: All right, Charlie, big weekend this weekend. We've got the Florida Gators coming in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We talked about last weekend, it was a tough weekend, losing two out of three on the road against Missouri. Now we got a chance to turn it around. And so, hey, a lot of folks coming to Startwell this weekend. And if they're making their plans of what they need to do this weekend, they need to go to startwell.org.
1: Yeah, startwell.org. You can always check it out there. And a couple of things going on this weekend if you're in town Friday. Over at Parker, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, they got a blood drive going on. That'll be on Friday. You get a $15 gift certificate just for donating blood. And then on Saturday morning, one of my favorite things to do in will wake up, go to the community market. It's right there by Fire Station Park at the end of Russell Street. Find all kinds of stuff there, vegetables, honey, it's a, it's a great place to go on a Saturday
2: morning. Well, and during the summer, too, they have Downtown at Sundown. This is one of those things they've started recently. It's a summer concert series. May the 26th, June the 30th, July the 14th. Come up here, stay at a hotel, and then eat at our fine restaurants here in well and go to Downtown at Sundown. May the 26th, June the 30th, and July 14th. Hey, enjoyed it as always. Great conversations with Sam Purcell and Chris Chans. We'll be back for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig tomorrow as we get you set for Mississippi State and the Florida Gators this weekend at Duty Noble Field. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bar Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau.